everyone, and welcome to another great edition of Talking Tigs. I'm your host, Scott Gerard, joined as always by my co-host, Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. I've got a few things to get into this week, including uh, baseball and basketball. They both kind of had, uh, I don't know, so-so weeks. We'll get into that. Uh, a little bit of football news to report, not too much, and then uh, some other uh, tiger news, some, some lanyap, as we like to call it. Uh, before we get started, I just wanted to remind you to follow us at Twitter if you're not already doing so. We are at Talkin' Tigs, no G in Talkin'. Uh, we're also on Facebook as the Talkin' Tigs podcast, and you can find us on iTunes and Spotify as well. Uh, it's been uh, you know kind of an up-and-down week as far as the LSU sports goes, um, but I wanted to see how you guys are doing. Uh, see if you, uh, I don't know, had anything to report. How's it going, guys? Going pretty well, you know, just uh, it's body girl over here down in, in Louisiana, so we're kind of doing that. Daniel went to New Orleans. I'm actually in Mobile right now, so at the birthplace of Mardi Gras, so doing it a little bit different. But um, either way, you know, having a good time. What about you, Daniel? Yeah, I'm doing good. I went to Endymion Parade in New Orleans yesterday at the big extravaganza. Saw a lot of people wearing LSU jerseys. That was fun. Saw a kid who's probably 12 wearing a Derek Stingley Jr. jersey. Uh, so I guess he got that one custom made, but glad the, the kids are tuning in. But we had a lot of fun and uh, excited to talk with you all. Hey, yeah, Daniel, you, uh, did you report him to compliance? Because that's too legal. He can't be wearing I, I did, yeah. Improper. He needs to be arrested. Yep. Yep, we'll, we'll make that call. Uh, real quick, though, uh, Tommy, you said Mobile was the birthplace. I'd heard that before. I always thought it was just people trying to get bragging rights. But is that is that factually the correct, that uh, I, Mobile I think it is. was the birthplace of Mardi Gras, at least in the, the continental U.S.? I think so. I mean, that's what – now, this is my first ever Mobile Mardi Gras, so we'll see. I've been to New Orleans a couple times, but I've never been here. But right. um, that's what they say, so – you know, yeah. uh, either way, I'm sure it'll be fun, and it's kind of from what they, from what I've heard, it's a little bit, you know, it's smaller than New Orleans, obviously, and not as wild, so should be a fun time. Right on. But to tap to to tag on to our, you know, this is the LSU sports podcast, so I'm I'm always going to be bringing you the top LSU uh, LSU stories out there. This morning, I'm driving to Mobile, and I'm leaving Baton Rouge. I'm on I-12 right around Hammond. And uh, I'm not the, you know, Dana will tell you, I'm not the fastest driver. I'm not, like, it's not, I'm not going, like, 60 in the fast lane, but I'm not, but I'm also not going 85. And so I was going about 75 and a 70, five miles over. I'm staying in the left lane, kind of just, you know, passing people. And then this big black SUV comes up behind me and is, uh, like, tailgating me. and Or, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say tailgating because... Well, it'll matter later on. <laughs> this big SUV comes comes up behind me and is just going real, you know, going real fast. He's got a he's he's got a place to be. I knew that. I knew he was on the he was on a mission. So I look back on my rearview mirror and I see and I'm like, oh no, that can't be him. And I look closer and I'm like, oh, I think it is. I think it is. So I speed up and I uh, there, there's a big truck like. Par- like parallel to me, so I have to go speed up to get past him, so I can let this guy go through. So I speed up and then merge over to the right lane, let him pass through, and I look to my left and watch as the as the SUV goes by, and it's none other than our fearless leader, Coach Ed Orgeron. <laughs> so Coach really? Ed, no joke, he was. I mean, it was it was him, and I I know it was him because that now the what the first tip off was, you know I. 
I kind of I recognized the face, kind of, but I was like, I don't know, you know, it was kind of tinted. the The car was tinted, so I was like, could be somebody else. But they had he had a gold LSU um, uh, tag, like the like the hang tag you put on the rearview mirror, and yeah. I recognized that because that's like what the faculty have, and of course he's like technically part of a faculty, so that's like his faculty parking badge. So I recognized I was like this that's an LSU car, then. So then I look to the left and like sure enough it's him. And then just for more confirmation, as he drives off, he like he had a special like state license plate. So I'm not sure where Coach O was going. I'm sure you know he. I'm sure he'll let us know because he's a listener of the pod. But um, you know, it, it was it was like a surreal moment because I'm riding down the road and I'm like this man is he's, he's where what is he doing? He's flying down the road. And then I look to the left, it's Coach O. <laughs> That's awesome. I'll tell you where he's going. He was probably going on a recruiting trip. No, that's what, exactly like, what I was thinking. Come on, get out of the way. I got I to gotta be there by noon for gumbo. Go yeah, back. exactly. No, I was like, I, I, I would bet, I bet this man, he's heading to, you know, he's going to meet some recruit or something because, you know, he never, it never stops working. So, um, right. so that was really cool, though. <laughs> it was like a, a weird way to start off my morning. Woke me up real quick. but um, I would but yeah, love was, to get pushed out of the way by Coach O and his No, yeah, you know, usually I, I had to, I had to kind of hold my tongue because, like, at first, I was like, what is this maniac doing? You know, like, okay, man, look, it's set, I'm going 75 in a 70. You're go, you, you must want to go 85. And then I saw it was, uh, you know, it was uh, the man himself. And I was like, you know what? You can go 90. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take the I road. I didn't have to worry for, about a ticket either. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. I think I – think You didn't have to pull the do you know who I am thing. Everyone knows who Everyone knows who he is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, that's awesome. Um. Well, that's a good story. I, I mean, I, I, too bad you couldn't have got a picture, but I just would have loved to see it. So do you – could you see him like – is he – because if he was driving fast, did it look like he was in a hurry? Was he like grabbing the steering wheel with both hands and had his chin over the steering wheel like he was – you know, just – I mean, he was – he looked – he had I, – I, you know, I saw him for like a split second because he's flying by. Right. But, um, you know, he looked intense. I think mm. – I, I don't know. I think that – I hope – you know, I hope it wasn't some sort of emergency or something. Um, I feel like we would have heard by now if, if there was something like really wrong, like he was fly, you know trying to get somewhere because of a tragedy or something. But uh, yeah, I would imagine you know he's probably going to a recruiting event or something, and yeah. Uh, and yeah, he's flying down the road. So um, yeah, he looked he looked focused. You know, he looked like a he looked like a champion. Looks like uh, looks like he was you know just on the on the road with a with a purpose. And uh, yeah, that's our coach. I love that. I love people that drive with a purpose. That just makes life so much easier. Uh, God bless him. I hope he is going on a recruiting trip and let's say not just going to Mobile for Mardi Gras. But um, yeah, he's he just flying down the road because he's trying to get to New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, he's. I, I'm I'm the the Brent Grand Marshal of this parade or something. Who knows? Um, well, anyway, yeah, I can't wait to hear, you know, the, the follow-up on this, uh, this mobile and be sure to get the backstory if they, you know, if they're just claiming it kind of like Clemson claims Death Valley, or if it truly is the first Mardi Gras in the U S. Um, I would like to know, but, yeah. um, bringing, bringing things back to our realm. Um, I don't know. Uh, basketball had an okay week. Kind of like last week, it was just okay. Um, they started out, unfortunately, with a uh, with a loss to Kentucky at home, and I don't know. I'm, it was another one of those games where there was just a huge 
point differential, but somehow LSU made it close. Kind of wish they wouldn't, because you know then they you know makes you think that they can pull it out. Um, but it just kind of reinforces my thought that LSU can hang with these teams. They can even beat them. They just cannot seal the deal. They they have enough defense to get close. They just don't have enough defense to close it out. Um, LSU ended up losing. They were down a lot, but they made it close. Uh, so I don't know what's uh, what, what's your guys' take. Was it did you do we did we really think we were gonna beat Kentucky? I know it looked strong. We thought we could, but I, I don't know. I, I think we're still seeing the same LSU team, good enough to compete, maybe not good enough to close out and get a win. Yeah, it's kind of where we are right now. It's like we can ball, but we can't ball against everybody. And we're just too inconsistent, kind of up and down. We did get a good win against South Carolina yesterday, last night. I didn't get to watch that because I was at the parade. But I I did see that we were up by like 20 or something with five minutes left, and South Carolina like almost came back and and closed it out. But thankfully we were good enough. But, yeah, we're just kind of on the, the B tier of the SEC basketball at this point, I would say. And hopefully kind of given, especially with the inconsistency of college basketball this year, that we can make a run in the postseason. But, uh, yeah, we're just a little bit of a step behind at this point. And Kentucky really is kind of coming into their own as, as the key player here. So expect them to, to be the favorite in the SEC tournament. But as for LSU, we still got four games left at Florida um, and at home against Texas A&M this week. So not the, the stiffest competition. So I think that will be a couple of good tune-ups uh, down the stretch here. Yeah, you know, I think that LSU, it, it, it's it's tough. Um, I, I watched the Kentucky game, and you know, you could tell you could tell that we could hang with them. Obviously, you know, we we could we competed. We um, for part of the game, we we were winning, and and you know, we we were definitely neck and neck. But it's that it's that finishing. You know, they just can't seem to finish the finish the games, and that you know, it happens on both ways. So against Kentucky, you can't finish a win, and against. Uh, a South Carolina team, which you know, all on paper you should you know annihilate. Um, you give up a twenty-point lead and you know keep it close, and that's just not how you're going to win. You know, high-level basketball, as we've seen against the two you know two best teams that you'll face in the SEC, uh, in Kentucky and Auburn. So, um, you know, and that, I think that'll get it. I think that this whole and I'll I'll get into it a little bit more once we touch on baseball because we said you know baseball had a similar kind of week as well, um, just a little bit you know a little bit of a disappointing drop off. Uh, I think that there's I think that there is a uh, something I think it's very difficult right now for uh, for L, for other LSU sports with all the success of football. But I'll get I'll get into that my my theory on that a little bit later, but um. It, but with basketball, you know, I think also a, a glaring um, a, a, something missing is we, you know we don't have that that true point guard like we had last year with Tremont Waters, and I think right. that uh, you know a lot of the offense flowed through him, not necessarily as a scorer. You know, he wasn't the the man who took the ball uh, and you know isolated himself and, and threw up threes or drove to the drove to the uh, the bucket or whatever. But he um, he really you know, commanded that offense and set up Skylar Mays and uh, Jonte Smart um, and Nas Reed last year uh, and all the others to, to have their success. And I think that, you know, we are missing, you know, we, we basically got two, uh, two, two guards playing, you know, s- switching off at point in Javante and, and uh, Skylar Mays. 
Now, Skylar Mays has had probably one of the best seasons, you know, probably his best season ever yet, but I'm not sure if, if that's, you know, um, I, think, I think that the team would probably be doing better if they had a, a more Tremont Waters-type player. I'd say that's pretty spot on because uh, that's one thing we, we haven't had is like this true point person to kind of just run things. Uh, it feels like Skylar Mays or Javante Smart has, but when actuality, those guys I think would be better suited to getting the ball, like creating something, being in space instead of waiting for someone else to do it. Um, but that being said, uh, you know, LSU's offense isn't the problem. It's, it's their defense. And, you know, I think I said last week, um, you know, Will Wade said, you know what, it's on me. And I thought, yeah, that's, that's probably a fair summation. It, it is on him because he's got to figure out the best defense for his guys. Um, but then at this Kentucky game, you could kind of see that frustration kind of coming out. And, and it was interesting because you had Kentucky, uh, John Calipari, their coach, he was frustrated at halftime. Like, Kentucky, LSU was only down one point at halftime, but John Calipari was furious. And there, he wasn't furious at anyone just except his team. And they're asking about, you know, the first half. He says, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. He, he made some comment about recruits, like four-star, five-star. It doesn't matter what your stars are. It's like, it doesn't matter what the plays are. you got to hit your shots. And if we don't do that, then we're not going to win. So you could tell he was furious. He felt like they should be up by more. Probably like the 18, they were up in the second half before LSU came back. But I, I don't know. I, I think um, it, it's weird how LSU has the offense to stay in the game with these guys, but they don't have enough defense. Like Will Wade said later, they just need one more stop. One more stop here and one more stop there, and we'd have had them. And they would have. You know, they would have had Kentucky, and they would have had Auburn, and they would be sitting atop the SEC West by themselves if they could have figured out, you know, two or three more stops in those two games. Um, but you could see him frustrated, and he, it seemed like, his players just were not executing what he wanted. And now he's gone back and said it's, you know, it still falls on him. But I don't know. Um, I think just for whatever reason, this season, this team, um, they are not going to execute well enough to close out a game uh, defensively. Now, I think they can still win games. If they can find it, you know, if they, they still have weeks before the tournament, assuming they get in. Um, they'll still have the SEC tournament, too. But uh, if they can find a defense in the next few weeks, because Will Wade said he was going to simplify it a little bit. Um, I thought that might have been the case because they were a big on South Carolina. But I don't know. They either – I think LSU just doesn't like leads. You know, if they're down by 18, they don't like that. They want to lose by three. If they're up by 18, they don't want to win by that much. They want to win by five. <laughs> so that's just what it boils down to. I just don't think this LSU team – likes leads. Nothing that is my, my hot take and my seasoned um, experience coming through on basketball. But, uh, yeah, that's it. I, I think they just don't like leads because they don't like to be behind or above with that many. So that's what I saw. Um, did, but did you guys see that, uh, the frustration from, from Will Wade after that Kentucky game? Cause he, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, he's always about to come out of his shirt, but uh, – but that, yeah, <laughs> you know, the, after the Kentucky game or during, during and during the Kentucky game, he was he was uh, flying off the handle. Yeah, rightfully so. Um, but the South Carolina game, uh, I don't know. It, it was on the road, so we we don't want to take that away from them. But yeah, it just seems like they uh, eighteen with five to go, and South Carolina mounts this furious comeback. Now South Carolina has been kind of hot lately, so this game wasn't going to be a gimme. I don't think. Um, 
But it, so it was good that they pulled out a win because if they'd lost another one on the road, uh, you know, they we probably could have just put a wrap on the SEC. But yeah, really. somehow they're still in striking distance. Like they could still tie or, or beat them to get the regular season crown. But that would take a lot of changes. Uh, like you said, they have Florida coming up, who I don't think is going to be an easy out. I think Florida is right behind LSU and Auburn. LSU and Auburn are tied for second. Florida is right behind them. So uh, their numbers don't look great, but it's not going to be an easy out. Plus, it's on the road. So we'll see. Um, hopefully, LSU has a big enough lead and won't lose it, or they're, uh, they're not down by too much and can overcome it towards the end. But we'll find out. Do you guys have any more uh, basketball takes? Uh, I think that's kind of it. You know, there's not like a whole ton to say. I guess we can go into the baseball stuff because they had a pretty up and down week two against some not so mighty opponents. Yeah, but it started with a uh, a win against Southern, which looked good, right? They won yep. eight to three. Um, uh, they, I didn't see any real issues there. I guess it was just the next game when they lost to Nickel State, but. I don't know. Uh, that seemed to be a theme last year, last few years, actually. Uh, LSU losing mid, midweek games to in-state opponents slash rivals, uh, and it happened again. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's, it, maybe you could say it's the midweek, you know, the pitching lineup, because, you know, they saved their best aces for the weekend, but the offense should be able to score more than two runs against Nichols State, but... Yeah, I, I mean, it, it might kind of be a little bit of a situation where for Nichols, this is almost like their Super Bowl of the season where they got the Titans LSU coming into their mm-hmm. turf, the the Harvard on the Bayou in Thibodeau. Um, and so they're going to put their best guys out there, and they're a little bit fired up. So, I mean, this is a good win for them, deserve it, 4-2 uh, to two over LSU. But LSU maybe just not quite as motivated, plus you're already looking ahead to your weekend series against Eastern Kentucky, who I don't, I don't know how amazing they are, but we did drop the first against them two to zero. I know, Eastern Kentucky, you lose lose uh, two to nothing, uh, you know, on Friday. So, it's yeah, I don't know, like you know, if you're if they're looking ahead, it didn't really work for them. Yeah, because you you lose the first and two to zero. They did bounce back yesterday, uh, six to three, and then they got the uh, top. They just won, right? Minutes ago, yeah, ten. Oh, ten literally okay, very nice. Um, so you would you would like to see him sweep that series, but I guess it's not the worst thing in the world. Well, no. you know, this goes. Or go ahead, Scott. No, no, I was just going to say it's it's not the worst thing in the world. Um, but you know, there's a lot of positives. Like today, AJ Labus, I think he went like seven innings. He had seven strong innings, only gave up two earned runs. Uh, and yesterday, uh, Landon Marceau. Also, we went deep. I think he went seven or eight innings, pitched a great game. So I think one of the issues that LSU you know, had to figure out was who their starters were and could, could they give Paul Maneri a full game, and they did, and they got two great wins. Uh, but, you know, it goes back to that, that Friday game to, like, you know, Cole Henry is pretty much the number one starter. He, he did well. I mean, they, like you said, they only had two runs, but LSU had zero. So uh, I don't know. Going back, but going back to uh, Nickel State, yeah, Nickel State. You know they were up for this game, but I think any any team in Louisiana realizes that LSU is not. Uh, it, it's not this team that's going to automatically be a loss for your midweek. Like they they just they're not that strong, I guess. And these teams, you know, they're not scared of them. 
they feel like they can win these games because they have the last few years. I will say this, though. The last time Nichols State beat LSU, it's happened, I think, twice before recently. Both times they went to the College World Series. So we got that going for us. But other, but other than that, yeah, there's, it's, it's just a, uh, a gut-wrenching loss because, you know, these are the games that LSU should be winning, but they're not. Yeah, you know, and I think that, and I kind of teased this when we were talking about basketball, but I think it applies as well as when, you know, I think that there's, for for LSU in general, when after winning a national championship, I think there's a hangover. And I know that basketball is different than baseball, and baseball is different than football. But, you know, it's all it's all intertwined. The, 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 the campus is all, you know, I think everyone is still kind of thinking about the national championship. It's not. It wasn't that long ago. You know, it's only a month and a half ago. Everybody's still trying to get the gap, and uh, and and so I think that I would. You know, I I would. I'm kind of not surprised because, mm-hmm. and it's not. You know, it's not because of a lack of talent or a lack of, you know, uh, ability or competitive or any of that. I just think that that coming off of a net, you know, it, there's a reason why we think about that uh, that Florida team. Gosh, I think it what was it oh seven. When they won all three sports, they won football, baseball, and basketball, and we think about the, how that was like a remarkable, like an absolute, like dominant, remarkable year for a program. It just doesn't happen that much, you know. Usually, you can get one, you know, one very, very, very successful year, or one very, very successful sport per year. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not saying, I, I sh- I'm not saying that as an excuse, but I do think that. Um, my my expectations for for football, I mean for basketball and and baseball are a little bit tempered just because I do think that, um, I mean all the athletes, you know, all the athletes they're all friends and so, and yeah, I'm sure that you know the baseball players know football players and the and the basketball players know football players, and so they were in as they were in it as much as everybody else when when the you know the drama of, of Burrow and the and and the and LSU winning the national championship, so I'm kind of. Um, I'm kind of hesitant on, uh, and I think, and I think that you know the the kind of mediocre performance we've seen so far is a little bit of a testament to that. Yeah, but that's my take. Yeah, yeah, could be. Um, I I think it's still early enough for baseball. You know, they have plenty of time to figure things out. Uh, yeah, I guess we're no. not used to seeing, you know, baseball lose to Eastern Kentucky, Eastern anything, any one of these directional schools. We're just not used to LSU baseball. Losing, but um, you know, it's just uh, there's ebbs and flows of a program, and um, there, there's too much talent for them to completely drop off. But it's just concerning, you know, because we're, we're used to we're just used to them winning. Uh, you know, LSU has been a perennial baseball power for a long time. Um, it's like we can get to Omaha now, but you know, it's been a while since they've won one. It's been 11 years, so or 12 actually. So I, I think LSU fans are. I don't know. They they were blessed with, with Skip Bertman and his success. So we'll see. Basketball, on the other hand, I don't know. I think they'll have to figure things out a lot more quickly because, like you said, there's only four games left and then the SEC tournament, and then March Madness begins. So um, it's towards the end of their season. They'll, they'll have to figure something out. But I don't know. If, if Will Wade can simplify the defense and get people working and get just get someone on the perimeter to cover somebody that might be shooting a three – um, I think they'll be okay, uh, but that remains to be seen. Um, moving on, there wasn't too much football news, um, but there was kind of one 
big announcement, uh, and that has to do with the spring game, uh, because LSU's, well, they're, they're redoing Tiger Stadium, uh, they're, do, they're redoing the fields, uh, resodding it, redoing everything. So for that purpose, they are moving the spring game, and they decided to do it on Southern's campus. So it will be held at Southern University, and I... I don't really see anything wrong with that. Uh, they got to have it somewhere, and I don't know. There's some NCAA rules about where you can have it in the off season. Uh, you know, they talked about having it in New Orleans, maybe even Houston, which is basically Bat- Baton Rouge West. Uh, but they're going to have it at Southern. Um, I don't know, guys. Did you have any uh, immediate reactions to that? I mean, a game's a game. Might as well spread the love around. Uh, you know, Baton Rouge area. Um, they don't have to go too far. Uh, but is there, there's nothing wrong with having it at Southern, right? I think it's fine. I, I don't really have any ties to Southern, so I don't kind of know how they feel about the situations, like kind of having this other school who pretty much overshadows them all the time, like kind of come in and just taking over their football stadium and then leaving again. But I guess it gives exposure to the school, and uh, so that's always good for them. So I imagine it's pretty good for everybody involved. <laughs> I'll probably try and go to the game if I can. I've never been to Southern Stadium, so I'll be interested in that, uh, kind of check it out. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really see an issue with it. I'm glad they sorted it out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'm, I'll, uh, I think I'll probably be there. I would, I would imagine I'll, I'll go because I normally like to go to the spring game. The only thing that, I'll, um, that I will wonder about, I, I assume everything would be kind of the same, but I hope it typically after the spring game they do a thing where they set up tables around the field and you can go get autographs, which any, if any listeners are trying to get autographs of, uh, you know, the players, that's the best time to do it. Um, so if you can make it to the spring game then do it now, I hope that I, I would imagine they would just do it the same way, but, um, just because it's a different stadium, you know, I, I wonder if any of that will change. So, cause I don't know if, you know, if Southern will necessarily want everybody walking on their field. I don't know. I hope not. I hope I can still get my signatures cause I've got a helmet that, I'm waiting on uh, getting signed by a bunch of people. Um, other than that, though, I think that uh, I think it sounds great. You know, that doesn't make our drive any or make makes it my drive a little bit longer, but not too bad. So, you know, I'm ready to I'm ready for it to happen. Amen. Uh, along with other football news, the the NFL Combine actually starts this week. A lot of Tigers going, uh, including Joe Burrow. Uh, I'm sure a lot of eyes are going to be on him. The projected first pick in the draft, uh, you know, of course, that remains to be seen. Uh, I feel, I think everyone feels like Cincinnati was going to take him because, A, they needed a quarterback, but, B, um, he's basically the hometown hero. Uh, Athens, Ohio is not that far from Cincinnati. So, yeah. I don't know. I would think um, if I'm an owner, that would kind of help my, my ticket numbers, too. But, uh, I don't know. Not everyone thinks that. He might go there. Some say uh, the Bengals might take Chase Young, or I don't know. Maybe maybe Joe Burrow would might do something similar to Eli Manning. You know, he might get drafted by them, but he might end up going somewhere else. I don't know. There's a lot of talk going on about that, so I just wanted to introduce it here just to see what you guys thought. Uh, we can start with you, Tommy, if you like. And I don't know. What what do you think is? Um, is it is it a done deal that Joe would go to the Bengals, or do you think he might end up somewhere else? Yeah, so you know, I mean, they've been talking about Burrow to the Bengals for, gosh, uh, 
I mean, what, months now, you know, since pretty much since uh, midway through the season, they're like, oh, you know, he's going to be a Bengal. But the I, I've, I've just been hearing about this, this Eli Manning type scenario for the past like two or three weeks. I know Colin Cowherd's been on it a lot. You know, he, he's been saying it and um, some of the other, you know, radio people and sports center people. I don't know. You know, I, I think it's kind of a weird, um, a weird thing to to do you don't hear about it too much but i kind of i mean i guess i understand it that you know you say you don't want to play for a terrible team and so uh yeah they said eli you know just threatened like i just won't play and he was actually drafted by the chargers and then they they by them you know i guess calling is or not calling his bluff but respecting his bluff and saying okay well if you're not gonna play for us they trade him to the giants and the rest is history um you know i don't know where or what his other options would be. Um, of course, I'm not like a big board, you know, Mel Piper type, so I don't have all the the scenarios of the draft on on my you know on my on my mind right now. But you know, it's like, well, would you would you uh, ask to or would you tell the Bengals you're not going to play for them so that way you can get traded to Miami? You know, because they're the other ones who are looking for a quarterback. You know, everybody's saying that two is going to go to Miami. So, um, I, I think it's an interesting uh, an interesting idea. I kind of feel like it probably won't happen. I feel like he'll probably just go to go to Cincinnati and toil away, and you know, hopefully have some success there, or maybe maybe you know, move on to another team when his uh, when his rookie contract's up. But um, I, I, I'm glad you know I'm glad you mentioned that because I wanted to talk about it. I don't know what what do y'all think because. It's a weird. It's a weird thing. I don't. You don't hear this too much about the top player of just of, you know, oh, the top player decides he's going to sit out because you would think, well, most drafts, the number one pick team is going to be terrible because that's how you get the number one pick, and most number one pick players are going to be pretty good, and so usually it doesn't really match up, and they and so you would think that or what I wonder what it is about this scenario that makes um that are making some of the talking heads say oh he should sit out i guess they i mean they're saying that the Bengals are so dysfunctional but are they really more dysfunctional than the browns i don't know yeah i don't know i feel like that situation is not going to happen to me the only things that can really pan out are number one the Bengals pretty much have to to take joe burrow like because they need a quarterback bad Andy dalton has shown that he is kind of okay at best and he's been on the decline for years and so they they need a spark and joe burrow is that guy you can't take chase young obviously he's a dynamic playmaker but he doesn't turn around the whole team instantly like a uh, number one quarterback i.e joe burrow would and the Bengals' wide receiving core is actually not that bad uh with, between john ross a explosive young player and tyler boyd um so it's not like He's going into the worst situation ever. Maybe they did a little bit of tanking this last year to try and make sure they got that pick. So I foresee a, a little bit of a bounce back. The the number two option is and they have Joe Mixon too. Right. Yeah. So they've got they've got tools. Um, the only thing you don't want to see is if their offensive line like gets depleted and Joe Burrow gets just destroyed and never even really gets a chance to prove himself. Um, but the other option I see is if some crazy thing happens like the saints trade for ricky williams uh i think it was 99 when they basically traded away their entire draft if something like that happened where 
maybe Miami did that to move up to the top spot to get Joe Burrow. And then the Bengals like flipped to number five plus a whole lot of picks and they took two or something like that. It would have to be some sort of monumental trade for them to give him up. But I think even that is more likely than Joe Burrow just saying, no, nah, I'm not going to play. Um, I don't I really feel like Burrow's too gritty. He's too gritty to, to, to do the, oh, I'm not playing kind of thing. You know what I mean? Right, he, yeah. He strikes me as the type of guy who's like, I'll play anywhere, any day. <laughs> Give me the ball. I don't care. Yeah, I've heard kind of different personal accounts of, of Joe Burrow's character, which we don't really have to go into. Obviously, some good, some not so good. For <laughs> his character. <laughs> I think as, as far as a competitor, he's like A1, and he wants to get out there and win some games. So uh, I don't see him saying, like, all right, give me the money, or, oh, I don't want to play for this garbage team. Get me out of here. I think he'll end up starting week one for the Cincinnati Bengals. I would agree. Uh, I would say that – I don't know why Cincinnati, because they would need a quarterback. Like, you build a team around your quarterback. That's usually the best player. That's who you build your team around. You don't build your team around a defensive end, you know? And I don't see who else they would take other than Joe Burrow that would really change their fortunes in one season. Now, I do know that this whole Eli Manning situation, I heard that was brought on a lot by his dad, Archie. Yeah. And he kind of steered him. He's like, no, you're not playing for the, for the Chargers for whatever reason. I, I, I don't know. I don't know why, but I, I think Archie had a lot to do with it. And to my knowledge, Joe Burrow's dad is nothing of the sort. He's not you know, telling his son not to, not to play with the Bengals to go somewhere else. I don't know how that started. All I know is at some point Joe Burrow said, well, I have leverage. And... Maybe that sparked it all. But he, he says he has leverage, and I, I guess to some degree he does. Um, now, you can make NFL owners nervous if you, you know, start to look like some sort of renegade or outcast or problem child of some sorts. I don't think that's Joe Burrow. Maybe, you know, maybe he's just kind of using that to, to solidify his pick, solidify uh, you know, whatever he signs for when he, when he gets that first contract. Uh, I just, but I agree. I don't think he's afraid of a challenge, competition, or anything. You know, he he knows a good situ. Well, he I think he knows a bad situation. Like he he what's best for himself. That's why he left Ohio State, and he got the opportunity at LSU, and he went on to win a national championship, and pretty much any award he could go on to win. He was just he just needed an opportunity. So I don't think he would want to go somewhere where he wouldn't have an opportunity right away. But if he goes to Cincinnati, I think he would have that opportunity. So, um, you know, but that just kind of goes back to what you're saying. Like, if the Saints did want to draft him, you know, Drew, Drew Brees is still there. Um, he's going to give it at least one more year. He just resigned. Who knows? Uh, he could go one other year. It just depends on what Drew Brees feels like. But I think if he went to Cincinnati, he would play right away. But there is one small tidbit that came out that I'm going to hang my hat on, and that is former Cincinnati Bengals wideout Chad Johnson said he was having dinner with Joe Burrow, and he's going to let him know how basically awesome Cincinnati is and that he's going to be in good hands. And that's, that's it. That's, that's All right. the comment. That's the tweet. Never yeah. mind. I'm changing everything. Burrow will not be going to Cincinnati now. He's going to sit out after that dinner with Chad Johnson. Yeah, yeah blame it on him. But I don't know. Ocho's still a big Bengals, uh, Bengals fan. He, he, I guess he was there long enough. He likes the city. So he was having dinner with Joe Burrow to talk about it. So maybe that'll put all these rumors to rest, and you know, Ocho is just gonna 
paved the way for, for a smooth transition. But to me, it makes the most sense for him to go to Cincinnati. So I, I don't see why. And Cincinnati's already said they're not trading the pick. Now maybe they've said some things to make it seem like they might not pick him, but I don't know. Like you said, I think it's much ado about nothing. I think they're going to pick him first pick, and everyone's going to go, ah, we all knew they would. I mean, we spent hours and hours talking about what would happen if they didn't, but we all knew they would. But <laughs> I don't know. That's the NFL draft for you, right? Yeah. Anyway. Well, they got to have something to talk about on ESPN. True, but true. And go, back, speaking of which, Tommy, uh, you could take a shot in the dark and still be as accurate as Mel Kuyper, by the way. So <laughs> oh. Shut up. Um, well, one last thing before we go. I will say, you know, Burrow is, is probably, you know, he's definitely the clear choice to, for, for number one pick. I, I, I think, you know, he, he should go to Cincinnati, but I, 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 um, I think it's going to be tough for Cincinnati to move away from Andy Dalton because he is the loudest quarterback in uh, the NFL. Did you know that? No, is that, is that in Guinness World Records or something? They used to do this, this data. You remember Sports Science on ESPN? Yeah, with John Brinkus. John Brinkus, yeah. <laughs> they did this stupid little, like, thing where they would do the science of, of the combine or whatever, and they measured the decibels that each quarterback's cadence made, and they were like, Andy Dalton is the loudest quarterback we've ever seen. And then they tried to say, like, oh, that's going to make him, like, a good quarterback. <laughs> then the narrator wow. comes in and says, it did not. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's interesting. Uh, they actually, I think it was a, yesterday, um, they were talking about trading Dalton to the Bears. Um, didn't, I don't think it's, I mean, nothing's happened yet, but uh, I mean, I don't think he's done in the NFL. I think he's just done in Cincinnati. So he's, I think he's probably just looking for a trade out so that Cincinnati can get Joe Burrow, um, which would be great. Uh, he almost went to Chicago, but I don't know if that's going to happen, but Interesting. Uh, at least he's still the loudest. Maybe he should be in a dome if that's the case. That's, that's where he should be. Uh, there's a lot of guys that need quarterbacks, though. But I, I, think, uh, I think Joe Burrow goes to Cincinnati. Will everyone else fight over Tua, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I think that was all the, the football news, right? I mean, I know the, the NFL Combine's coming up, the spring game. We talked about that. Um, was there anything else that we missed? Daniel, anything? We forget anything? Uh, the last thing I wanted to mention was uh, to give a, a shout-out to Mary Beth Gorsuch, a uh, pitcher for LSU softball who threw the first-ever uh, perfect game in LSU softball history yesterday on the 22nd over Belmont. Uh, she fanned, I think it was uh, 16 of the 21 batters she faced, so almost every single person knocked them out. So just congratulations to her, a real special moment. And, uh, yeah, the, the Lady Tigers are doing pretty well. I think they're 13-1 and one right now. But uh, that's awesome to see. Uh, just an amazing effort from her. Yeah. Um, another amazing effort. Mondo Duplantis almost broke his world record for the, uh, the pole vault again this week. He missed it. The, uh, the bar came down, but he almost beat his own record again. But uh, in, in the same realm of uh, track and field – uh, the Lady Track, the Lady Tigers, track and field team. Uh, I think specifically indoor is currently number one, and the men's team is currently number two. So I just wanted to give them a shout out for their good season so far. I think the SEC tournament slash championship, whichever one they call it, uh, that's coming up this week in College Station. 
Uh, so be on the lookout there. There might be some uh, some more Tigers getting some awards and uh, moving on to the national the national finals. Uh, but, uh, Tommy, do you have anything else that you wanted to toss out there? I mean, you know, all I can say is that when you're on I-12 and you're just driving down the road and uh, and you, you have to eat somebody eat a fast driver's dust. I'm glad I'm glad I ate Cocho's dust today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've heard about that Hummer, and you were within feet of it, so. That's awesome. I think that's right. it. Well, Another good week. Be yeah. looking forward to talking to you all next week. I think the uh, so the combine Thursday the twenty seventh is when Joe Burrow takes the field for the on field stuff. So if you're uh, into that, want to see him back in action, I would uh, check in on that day. But otherwise, uh, I think we're good to go. Right on, and that's right. We uh, pay attention. LSU's got more games this week, basketball and baseball. We will be keeping track of those and giving you the results next time on Talking Tigs, so stay tuned for us there. Have a good week, and we'll talk to you next time on Talking Tigs. Go Tigers!